This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. All right. Well, this is, this is a good segue. We've had a fantastic discussion. Let's go move to our lightning round, which is presented by Data.World, the data catalog for your successful cloud migration. And I'm going to kick it off. So, Allison, first question. Given all the tech improvements, uh, spotlight, on, spotlight on data, is life easier for CDOs today or is it harder? Um, is this, what are the rules of this thing? Is this yes or no? Or like, like one, a one word answer or yes or no, a, little context. And a little context. Um, it's, I would say it should be easier. I don't know that it is easier. It should be easier because technology constraints are no, are, technology is no longer a constraining factor. Um, and it was in, pri in prior eras. Um, it should be easier. Is it easier? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Fair point. That's a good contrast. All right. Second question. Uh, you mentioned uh, in our chat today that CDOs are being very self-conscious and they're calling a lot of attention to sort of the gap between the data value that needs to be achieved versus what they think is the data capabilities within the organization. Um, will that change in the next five years? Will they gain their swagger? I think... Um... I think we have to redefine what success looks like. Um, and it needs to be much more closely aligned with, I mean, this sounds sort of basic, but more aligned to business success. So I think, um, I think we need to take a lot of, we need to give CDOs a pass on a lot of things and say, you know what, you don't really need to worry about these 10 things over here. I mean, we have to be smart and be selective, obviously, but, um, I think success should be defined um, with business success, and it should be more about achieving wins that actually count than um, pleasing everybody and putting out every fire. There's there's just got to be a better prioritization um, so that CDOs can say, I succeeded because I uh, help the business in these three important ways. And you know what? I didn't do these 10 things over here. And guess what? I couldn't have done these three things if I worried about the 10. Hmm. And instead of having people say, I didn't do these 10 things over here. And then when they're asked, well, what did you do? Oh, well, I, I did this thing over here. Like, it's just like, it's a mindset shift. People like are, it. it's like a, uh, um, there's a psychological term for this, but like, it's, I think the role is it, people, talk about it's too much about what they haven't done it's a deficit yeah. mindset yeah this is a big change i think that is is needed and there's a lot more I, there's a lot more thought i think needs to go into this uh, we should have a follow-up conversation about this at some point um next question who is more important at the data pool the data lifeguard or the data swim teacher Oh, wow. Um, I guess you'd have to say the lifeguard because like, um, unless the swim teacher can act as a lifeguard, whatever. I, I, I hate to give such a trite answer as everybody's the same importance. Um, I guess if I was drowning, I'd want somebody that actually could, could save my life. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know, they just don't need to save me from 
going underwater and maybe coughing. They need to save me if I'm drowning. So I think it, everything is like needs to be calibrated to the level of risk. No, that, that I mean, yeah. I if, mean, if you are like drowning, if you are drowning, you don't want somebody to say, "Hey, kick harder, kick harder." No, you want somebody to actually like throw you and kind of get you out of it, right? So yeah, and you know what? Get me water wings. They're six ninety nine on Amazon. Um, I'm, I'll be saved by water wings. I'm not going to be saved by a Patagonia vest. <laughs> uh, I love this analogy. I love it. Um, all right. This is the best episode of analogies, period. I love it. <laughs> all right. Uh, last uh, lightning round question for you. Um, we talked a little bit, you mentioned a couple times data offense kind of versus data defense in terms of some of the use cases. Will data offense really win the day over the next, let's say, 10 years? Or is it going to be data defense just done better? Well, I could, I could move over into the football school and say defense wins championships, and everybody could have a big fight about that. Um, so <laughs> oh. Honestly, I think that's, that's sector dependent. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, Tom Davenport did a chart about this in an HBR article. You can all Google it. Um, so, you know, I think in, 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 you know, financial services, there's, there's probably equal weight to defense and offense. Um, so, I mean, you can, you can have a lot of wins in offense and one big screw up in defense, one turnover, you're done. So, um, it, so that's, it's contextual to the industry. Um, but I, I think that you can't, so I will contradict myself. Maybe defense wins championships, but you you, you have to have an you have to have a, a productive offense. This is a line with what we see. Uh, Shannon has Shannon Moore has a great comment here. It's about managing risk, managing risk, but allow for some risk. So data governance, security, privacy should be the lifeguard there to keep you from drowning, which is reduce the risk, but not remove all the risk, not let you get in the water at all. So I think that's right. a great summary. Yep. And I'll bring it up later on. Shannon is going to be our guest next week, live from DGIQ. So really excited for our Shannon. And, and also, I just bring up care again. Like, yes, CDO's report card should be about business results versus fixing the plumbing. Uh, Allison gets it. Yeah, and, and, and that mindset you said, like, oh, I, I, we accomplished these three things, which helped the company and generate revenue here. We didn't do these other 10 things because if I did those 10 things, we would have done these other three things. Like, yeah, let's go highlight the, let's go highlight the business results and say, I could, I could fix the plumbing and some, you got to choose some things sometimes, but I think that's a really great um, way of thinking about it. Yeah. I think, I think CDOs need to just like, there needs to be a mindset shift. Um, CDOs need to make it internally and organizations need to make it as well. No. All right. Uh, takeaways. T, 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 Tim, take us away with takeaways. All right. Sounds like a plan. So, um, you really started this off with, hey, there's this data pool. Get in. Swim with the data. Just jump in the pool. Uh, and I think that really kind of sums up the theme of what we talked about today and an analogy that I think was used beautifully. So thank you, Allison, for, for walking through this. Um, that, you know, there's this huge gulf uh, between sort of the, 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 you know, the progress of data being available versus being able to really use the data to provide value. Um, and you highlighted that folks need to really be enabled to get their hands dirty, play in the water, get smarter and evolve. 
the pool ends up working like a great analogy here because there's lifeguards, there's lanes, you have a place to test and experiment that's controlled. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a place where different people can all get together and, and, and collaborate, right? Um, but one of the challenges that you mentioned is that the industry kind of has this complex that, you know, we don't have enough and we need more and uh, we're just never going to, we can never do good enough. We're constantly staring at the gap versus what we've accomplished and the progress that we're making. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we make these statements that are ambitious to the point of not making sense. Like we have to train every single person in the organization on data or every single person in the data needs to be able to leverage or in the organization needs to be able to leverage the data. Um, and uh, the truth is, is that we probably should not be boiling the ocean. We should be defining success in a much smarter and incremental way. Uh, and you said dog paddle is okay. Um, and so I really want to embrace that. Um, and we talked about how data products is a very interesting concept, maybe can help in all of this. It's an interesting way to scale. It's a process and system. It's a proven idea from software. Uh, but it's very easy, and our data industry has a tendency to do this, to get excited about silver bullets. Um, and so just because data products, Eureka, it's not necessarily going to be the answer to, answer to all our prayers here. There's a ton of work uh, implied by data products. Uh, and if we really want to have, as you said, these commercially viable data products, we've got a, quite a bit of work to do. We've got a, quite a bit of, um, of things to define um, and, uh, and maybe there's some stuff that we're not really thinking about yet. Maybe our current idea around data products is more like the oil lamp. Uh, and we still got our, uh, combustion engine that we've got to invent here that, uh, that we haven't quite figured out yet. So opportunity there, but maybe some patience required. Mm -hmm. Juan, what about you? What about your big takeaways? So, so following up on this, what needs to change? I, I'm not keeping this analogy. We need to feel comfortable walking in our swim, swimming suit, jump in the pool and just swim without being judged and don't judge other people like that. I think that's, and so again, this is cultural. Everything we've discussed here, technology is, is, is there. I mean, we don't, it's not a big issue right now. It's a cultural side. Not, it's not, you don't have to be self-conscious. We need to have more freedom to try new things and yeah, screw up and try again. So it's like this player coach mentality. And we want to be part of a team, not this team and that team and these teams talking like this is a, this is a team here all together and goes into the, the, the mindset. You brought up this book, the digital mindset. You need to have 30 percent. You need to be 30 percent fluent in foreign language to be able to have meaningful conversations in that country. So business people need to be more tech savvy. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing this with with data literacy, but not everybody needs to go do that. But what we need is also that business literacy. The tech people need to be more business savvy. Um, and then I, I think seeing uh, your 30 years of experience, right, going through uh, being an M&T bank, the changes you've seen, I think the takeaway there is chief problem solver. You are there to go solve problems. Uh, I think that that's the most important thing. I think I, that's credit to Kara who's, who brought that up right there. So CDO is really a chief problem solver. And then finally, we want the, these lifeguards are really people who should be cheering you to go swim, right? They're a partner who wants you to succeed, not just to control you and not just to scold you and keep you from drowning, but let you swim and actually swim better, get better at it. The, and I think one of the issues is that we just have so many different lifeguards, different people are lifeguards. You have the security lifeguard, the privacy lifeguard, the architecture, the governance lifeguards. And but we need to figure, we need to realize that we're all in this together, like really community. I think this is where we really need to go figure it out. Like, and, and as you brought up in the in, in the lightning round, it depends on industry too. Mm -hmm. All right, Allison, how did we do on takeaways? Anything we missed? Well, I, as I was like thinking about the pools, I was thinking you can learn to swim in an above ground pool. You don't need an infinity pool. 
Although I have to say, I'm dying to swim in that infinity pool in Sicily in the White Lotus. <laughs> There's a lot of different pools and uh, to go swim. So for sure. All right, Allison, back to you. Some advice So three questions. One, what's your advice about data, about life broad? Second, who should we invite next? And third, what are the resources do you follow that you follow? Let's see. Advice. Well, as probably a more senior person in life that, than uh, many of you uh, listening to this, um, I would say like what what has worked for me or what what I would would what I would do differently. Um, I think what I appreciate at this stage of my life is how um, how important re relationships are, and and you can translate this all to business, to life, to both. Um, relationships are everything in, in life and in work. Um, it, it's, in, and, you know, I have gone through this industry having three kids and raising three kids and now they're millennials and Gen Z's. Um, and it, that was very difficult for women in the era that I did that. It's not easy today. Um, but it's, hopefully it's getting better. Um, but I think, um, you know, when I look at where I am in my career, like the relationships that I made 20 years ago are coming back to me in new ways. And there was somebody that I was involved in outsourcing with who now recommended me to be on an advisory board for a really interesting startup. So I think it's really important to um, to pay it forward, to give before you get um, and to really nurture a, a strong network in a in a, again, these words like authentic, like they've kind of lost meaning at this point, but in a, in a real way. Um, and if you do that and you kind of have your, your cohort of, of people that you kind of go through life with and check in on every so often, like that will, that will get you through life and will, will help you, uh, both in work and in life. So I, I think it's really, really so much just comes down to relationships. Um, I guess that's kind of basic, but I say that I say this having lived more years on the on the planet. Um, By the way, that was beautiful. that was beautifully said. That yeah. thank you for um, sharing that. That's very beautiful. And um, I think um, things that you know, when I look back on my life, I spent way too much time worrying about things or questioning whether I was making the right choice. I would have. I would completely not waste that energy. Um, I would have much more trust in my decisions. Um, so I hope that anybody who is at a different phase in their life um, doesn't agonize over stuff, worry so much. Um, just just have faith that like, if you think it's right, to just kind of go for it. Um, and I'd say a, a, an important thing that my husband Greg and I did um, is we really live below our means. Um, and that gave us a lot of optionality uh, in our lives to um, make cho different choices. And we were never, even though I worked, we both worked for the same companies for a long time, um, we never had to. And um, I just would encourage people to sort of think about that um, as a way to buy yourself mental health and freedom uh, to pursue the things that you want. Worked for me. I'm not saying that's what other people have to do. Thank you. Again, very beautiful advice. Really, really appreciate that. And we're seeing great comments there. Uh, second question, who, who should we invite next? 
I'm at a really, uh, well, certainly there are people listening to the show that uh, I think you should invite. Um, and I, I want to mention a person that I met uh, in Silicon Valley in September. Uh, I don't know if Cassie Kozhikov has been on your show. She's the chief decision scientist at Google. Um, she moderated a panel at a conference that I was at. I moderated the CDO panel. She moderated the data science panel. We had a fascinating conversation. She, um, do you know Cassie? I do not. She has, um, so first of all, I would encourage, so when you ask like, who do I follow? I follow her. Um, she's got a YouTube channel. She's very active on LinkedIn. Um, she's just really, really brilliant and um, a go-to person. Uh, so, and, and real, a really interesting person like outside of data as well. Uh, so Cassie would be somebody I would suggest. Awesome. Right. And then finally, what, what, what resources do you follow? What books or podcasts or people, uh, conferences and stuff? Um, yeah, I think for conferences, um, you know, the MIT conference, uh, my, uh, the guy that runs the Carnegie Mellon program that I'm involved in calls it Coachella for CDOs. Maybe other people call it that. Certainly that's a good one in terms of uh, just uh, if you're a CDO, that, that's a good conference to go to. Um, we went to Gartner, both of us uh, this year. I hadn't been to that before. I think something like that is a good overall, um, that Forrester or, or there are other ones, I'm sure, where you can really just kind of meet all the vendors, get up to speed on everything that's happening. So those kinds of things are good. And I, I really, um, and, and then there are sector specific things. So I went to a lot of financial services conferences. Um, I would say that when you do the, when you go to these conferences, um, meeting people, building relationships. Um, there are CDOs from financial services that I am still in contact with and that are important in my life. Um, so I'd say that, um, you know, also select things that are sector specific or maybe function specific. And then, um, I would also love to go to the MIT Sports Analytics Conference. I think that would be really fun. And I think that we shouldn't just think of conferences in terms of our careers. Uh, a conference, so to speak, that I'm dying to go to is the Chelsea Flower Show in London. So maybe 2023 will be my year. All right. Nice. Well, Allison, this was a phenomenal conversation. Uh, but before we say goodbye here, just a quick reminder, uh, next week, Tim and I are going to be live at DGIQ in Washington, D.C., the Data Governance and Information Quality Diversity Conference. And we are going to have a live show. Our guests are going to be Anthony Algman and Shannon Moore, who is commenting over here. Honest, no BS data governance. That's going to be our topic because we're at a data governance uh, conference. And it's, we have set up cocktails for everybody. So at the conference, when you come into the room, we're going to be giving everybody the honest, no BS, old fashioned. So it's going to be such a cool event. So please be able to look at it. So if you're in DC, let us know. We're also going to have a happy hour afterwards. So that's going to be next week. Uh, we're also scheduling for 2023. We already have a lot of uh, guests come, uh, uh, ready for that. But please reach out to us. What are the topics that you're interested in that we should be talking more? Who would you like us to, to invite? I'll tell you that we're kicking off 2023. Uh, I think it's January 11th with Bill Inman, the father of data warehouses. I actually had the amazing pleasure to have breakfast with him this, this Saturday. Uh, I'm so excited for that. Um, and with that, Allison... Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this phenomenal conversation. We uh, really did we did fantastic with this uh, pool analogy. <laughs> I'm so happy about it, and we did we did so much. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you, thank you so much.
Bye, everybody. Cheers, Elsa. Bye. Cheers.